This is our fourth session on Philippians 2, 5 to 8, one of the most important passages in the Bible on the natures of Christ as divine and human. Father, one last time, we want to look at this and take seriously what you have to show us here at the end of this text, both about what Christ did with his two natures and what it means for us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Help us. Amen. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of humans, and being found in form as a human. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we've established in this part right here that he is divine and he is human. And now the question is, what does he do with it? Now that he has been from all eternity equal with God and has appropriately emptied himself of aspects of his glory that we saw in John 17.5, aspects of his glory that he no longer has in his incarnate state and has taken, taken humanity on himself what does he do? What does he do with this? What, what's the point of it all? What's he up to? And the first answer is, he humbled himself. And that word humble, lower himself, links back to these verses just before verse 5. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, there's that word, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And that's what Jesus is doing when he becomes a servant to us. He's counting us more significant than himself. He's counting us worthy of his suffering, worthy of his death, even though we're not. So this humbling here is to link back with chapter 2, verse 3, because this is the mind we are to have. Now humble yourselves and treat others better than they deserve. Learn from this whole process how to be a human being, a human follower of Jesus. And the second answer to what he did is he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So obedience is the key word here. And there are three massive Communic um, implications of this obedience. Number one, it implies that the Father and the Son are active here in our salvation, right? This obedience is not to us. This obedience is to the Father. Sometimes 
It sounds to people like when Jesus comes into the world to bear God's wrath and deliver us into eternal life, it looks like the Son and the Father are at odds. Well, this says, no, everything Jesus is doing on our behalf is by obedience to the Father. And therefore, the Father, Father and Son are together in our salvation. That's the first implication of the word obedience. They teamed up, so to speak, from all eternity to covenant with each other that the Son would become a human and bear our sins and take away the Father's wrath. Here's the second implication of this word obedience. Isn't it amazing that His whole life is summed up in obedience. Look, being found in human form. So being found in human form. That would be from the the first moment of his conception, right? As a human being. He became obedient. So if you want to sum up the beginning to the ending of Jesus' life. How do you do it? Obedient. Which has huge implications, I think. Look at chapter 3, verse 9. Paul wants to be found in him, in him, not having a righteousness of his own, a righteousness of my own. I want to be in him so that I have his righteousness, not, not mine. A righteousness that comes, not a righteousness that comes from law, my law keeping, but that which comes through faith in Christ as I'm united to him, through faith in him. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That's what I think we have here. This obedience from birth, being found in human form, to death is the righteousness of Christ. And it's an obedience to God, and therefore it's an obedience from God. God designed this obedience. God enabled this obedience. This is Christ's obedience and God's righteousness. And therefore, when Paul says in Romans 5, 19, for as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam, the many were made sinners, So by one man's obedience, that's Christ, one man's obedience, the many were made righteous. Now, very often you'll hear people say, in context, this obedience refers to one act of obedience, namely the death of Jesus. Because in the context, there's that phrase, the the dikaioma, the, the, the just act of obedience. But I'm arguing, I don't think we should limit this in view of what Paul says here. From birth to death, there was one act, obedience. The entire life was obedience. And therefore, I think here when it says one man's obedience by one man's obedience, one man's righteousness, one man's perfect birth to death, lifelong compliance with the law of God, the many were appointed 
That's the literal translation, appointed righteous. This is justification. By imputation. In other words, the righteousness is not ours. It belongs to Jesus and is imputed to us. That's the second massive implication of this word, obedient to the point of death here. And here's the last one. Three. Obedient to the point of death. And then the word death is repeated to draw out the fact that it wasn't any ordinary death. It wasn't that he slept away in his sleep like we would like to do. It was the death of a cross. And what's the point of that? The lowest, the most despicable, the most shameful, the most painful death. In other words, as he comes down from deity to humanity, he doesn't stop at humanity. He becomes slave. He doesn't just stop at slave. He, he dies. He doesn't just stop at death. He dies the death of the most despicable, the most shameful, the most painful death there is, which has two implications. One, we are loved Look at Romans 5, 8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How did he die? He died a death, even death, on the most despicable, the most shameful, the most painful death. We who are in Christ are loved immeasurably. And secondly, we are called to the greatest, greatest sacrifice, which is the main point of the passage. Have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who went from equality with God to as low as you can go. Oh, to be a Christian. Oh, to be a Christian. May God raise up real Christians who know they are loved by a father and a son who team up in command and obedience and perform an obedience that saves us by justification. And then shows we're loved and calls us to the greatest sacrifice.